Hello and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element Opie Productions. ElementOpie.com. And now, here are your hosts, Christy Vincent and Brian Brueger. Welcome to the Tightwad Teacher, episode 42, the Mobile 2012 Recap for April 24th, 2012. I am your host, Christy Vincent. Tonight, we are joined by Mr. Fun in the Sun, Brian Brueger, and the always informative Mark Cockrell. Our special guest this week is John Samuelson, also known as iPad Sammy, and we'll get to why that's important in a little bit. This week, we're enjoying the warmth of Arizona for all of you that are not there, and I hear there's still snow in parts of the great U.S. and other places, of course, around the world. But we're going to bring you the warmth that John got to experience in Arizona this past week. Before we get there, we've got some really important things to update you guys about. If you missed it, we are heading for a name change. Mark thought long and hard about this. I think there was a dream, a grasshopper, and I'm pretty sure smoke was involved. You I'm forgot not the tequila. What kind. <laughs> the tequila. <laughs> I think Brian brought that. And Mark came up with the oh-so-fabulous name of Edgy Matters. And your fabulous tagline for that, Mark? Because education matters. Just genius, isn't it? I'm just hearing the roar of applause. So from this point forward, we will wrap up Tightwad Teacher, mainly because we have some <clears throat> not Tightwad guests on the show tonight, and we will henceforth go through as edgy matters. Same All show, right. same people, same content, same network. Absolutely. Name. Same element OP website. Different artwork. Because, because we like to challenge all SEO companies to see how good they really are. Yeah, let's do something for 11 months or so and then change it just for fun. That's right. So what we will be doing is in approximately two weeks, we will be starting a survey for what the new name will be <laughs> in 11 more months. So be thinking, all you listeners. <laughs> all right, we'll be sure to get that, that survey out so everyone can, can join in on that. So it has been a crazy week for all involved of this particular podcast. And with that comes um, some communication errors, if you will. So we're kind of, we're kind of got to run some of this by the seat of our pants here. And um, Brian. <laughs> How is that different than normal? Because <laughs> we usually have some type of show notes included somewhere. Well, we do have a document. There's, there's nothing in it, but there's a document. <laughs> there is something in it. I stay on John until you put something in oh, okay. it today. <laughs> I just didn't After follow school. up and continue putting stuff in it. <laughs> That's all right. We'll just take questions from the uh, from the chat room. I, I don't even think I'm in there. I always have trouble getting into our chat room. So if you go to elementop.com and hit our live stream, Mark, for the, the newbies out there, like your host, for instance, walk us through actually getting into the, the chat room, if you will, real quick. Well, you go to elementop.com and you have two buttons you can choose from. You just want the chat room, you click the button that says chat room. 
If you want the to watch the the live video feed and chat, you click the button that says live stream that includes a chat room. So then you get a little box there that has your uh, it's it'll have a random like element and then three random letters there. You change that to whatever name you want and you click join and you're in. And after those fantastic things, suddenly Christy is in the chat room. Yes. <laughs> Who knew? How this many episodes have you done? I've seen it and I got into it once, but then I couldn't figure out how to get back. And the stuff across the bottom of the screen that tells me how many people are here in the general <laughs> chat, that just confused me. It was too much for my brain. All right. And uh, if you want to pop it out, there's a little link there that says pop out, and then it can be a window you can drag around and not have to stay in the main window. Seems Okay, but where did the talking go when I hit the the pop-out chat room? Well, Now um, it just has a login. uh, Yeah, you got to log back in to do that. That's an, an unfortunate side effect of the fact that we use a Java app to do it. Boo on Java. This Hold is on, scintillating programming right here. This is. Yay! I'm back in. This is fun. This is awesome. <laughs> okay, what have I missed in the lovely chat room? What is X chat? Oh, don't read the chat room, Christy. Whatever you oh, do, okay. don't read the chat room. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No reading the chat room. I forgot. You guys, I told you I have adult onset ADHD. You this are far too blonde to read the chat room. <laughs> don't, don't tell our listeners that. <laughs> Though I would, I would venture to guess that it, they probably already knew. Okay, and now I think someone's just heckling me, so I can't watch it anymore. I've got to get back to our notes and back to the show. Okay, so we do have our name change. We, we've discussed that. Brian, do you have anything else fabulous in the world of tech? Because I know that my little tidbit of information is going to lead into a rant. Um, well, I would like to fall on the sword of sorts because you guys love to pick on me for being a an Apple user and things like that. And kind of come out early with a uh, tip that um, applies to both Windows and Mac users, and that is update your computer. Um, There is a known and in-the-wild virus, worm, trojan, some piece of malware um, that's out on the Macs called Flashback or Flash Fake. And basically... It started propagating by people going out and downloading something that they thought was Flash, but it wasn't Flash. And so basically they installed a piece of malware on their machine and now it's infected, you know, multiple thousands of machines or hundreds of thousands of machines worldwide. So simply put, if you just go and update your computer and get it updated, you'll be fine. So there's my little early tip of the week and um, acknowledgement that there is malware that works on the Mac. Would you say it works on the Mac? I mean, is that really the right word to use? Um, Well, if you want to be one of those people who says that Macs don't get malware or don't have viruses and stuff like that, then yes, I would say that 
it works on the Mac. Now, to be fair, now, I'm no Mac lover, but to be fair, you have to actively go out and download this and click the yes, I want this virus button uh, in order to get <laughs> I it. I don't think that's what it says, uh, Mark. So it's not like it's something that just uh, happens without you noticing it, like some of the old uh, ActiveX stuff uh, used to happen in Windows. Absolutely, that is true. But nonetheless, it is bad, unwanted stuff. Indeed. And... It's bad, unwanted stuff that happens on the Mac. Currently, it doesn't have a harmful payload. It is uh, uh, used for DDoS. It's basically building a zombie network, but it's adaptable and yeah. can be later changed its function sure. to do something else. Think of it okay. just as a, a small worm. All of the, the teachers apple. fall asleep. I'm stopping both of you. <laughs> you may not continue this conversation. All right, we listened to over. you log into the chat room for seven and a half minutes, <laughs> and it you can't let us have a real conversation a about something that affects millions of people. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Because those millions of people rely on about oh a thousand tech directors or those tech guys they know, and they go. It's broken. I'm not sure. Can you fix it? So there's no real point in discussing it a whole bunch further. You're just <laughs> wasting your time. So on to something much more important. Today on my great Twitter network where I was chastised for not being in Google Plus enough. That was fabulous. I was following someone I follow, Chris Lehman, well-known name in education and, and ed tech. And he was at a conference. I'm not sure exactly where. It was like the IE Summit or that. Nothing to do with Internet Explorer. I don't know. It was the end of the day. It was getting my blood pressure up. But there were some East Coast. Man, I wish John was here tonight. There were some Northeast Coast politicians and whatnot in the room that had some very mm, not nice things to say about education. And my understanding is this was mostly an education-type conference where they were, so I found that surprising. But they said things like, we should fire more teachers to buy more technology. In other words, we're somehow going to replace these teachers in the classroom with technology. And I'm a huge proponent of technology. We know that. We've said that. We've heard it. But I don't think that there's a place where technology replaces the teacher on a large scale. Now, I have heard the whole, if, to, if technology can replace the teacher, it should. And I agree with that. If you're you know, reading your scripted lesson plan or whatever, and you've got to the point where you're not engaging children and you're not practicing the art of teaching, then yes, get out of the classroom. You're just ruining some child somewhere. But, but that, really, that really got to me. That really upset me that we have actual politicians saying, we can replace teachers with technology. And the other rants went on. They just continually got worse. I did some background on the person who was speaking and he's a politician that was a mayor of DC. He was involved with the whole re thing when she went over and took over DC schools and irregardless of where you stand on that, we don't want to get my rant going too far. I just, I found it a little appalling. It, it, it didn't really make me happy. So great tech gurus, what say ye? Well, it just goes to show you that uh, after years of research and experimentation and, and tweaking, we finally created an educational system that properly prepares a student for the mid-19th century. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. <laughs> well, this came right on the heels of we have, um, we have cable. We didn't have cable for a long time, but we have satellite cable now. And my children have discovered this whole idea of TiVo 
and recording something to watch later, which they find amazingly fascinating. And <laughs> I think the part I love the best is the shows my kids record. It totally cracks me up. They're not watching like stuff on the Disney Channel. They're not watching some movies or some of that cartoon type stuff that I'm not fond of. Mm -mm. These are the shows my kids record. Now, remind you, they're 10, almost 11, and 7. The two-year-old doesn't do this yet. They're watching and recording The Cosby Show, Full House, Boy Meets World, and Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I'm like, guys, that's what I grew up on. So this morning, we're getting ready for school or whatnot, and the TV happened to be on, and they were watching an episode of Boy Meets World. For anybody who did not grow up in the early 90s, Boy Meets World was the show, and I wanted to name my daughter Topanga so bad because I love Topanga on Boy Meets World. But uh, Mr. Feeney, he's, he's kind of the mentor teacher person on the show. He was talking to them. Now, mind you, he's in front of a blackboard using chalk. Remember, early 90s here. We haven't got around everywhere yet. The desk are lined up in rows, and he went on a spill about the technology that was in their hands. And I hit the info, and I think the show was recorded in, like, 92 or 93 or something. Maybe a little later, but it was right around there. And he said something to the extent that they now had technology available to them where there was a website created every six seconds. And I thought, this was better than 10 years ago. This, this show was pushing 20 years ago. And I don't see a lot of difference in our classrooms now mm -hmm. than then. And then I thought, now, wait a minute. I watch Golden Girls. Don't say anything. Yes, I love the Golden Girls. And I love, I love Lucy. And if you watch enough episodes, there are some where they've subbed in a classroom, where they, you know, they go to a classroom. And I found one of those, and guess what? Same classroom. Same stuff. And I'm just like... Well, go when watch Little House on the Prairie, and it's the same classroom. Little House on the Prairie. Oh, my goodness. When Mary, she was blind. So she this week in TV people. shows that have no. passed. Okay, I, I wasn't going for the television show. I was going for the time frame. <laughs> I mean, the, the blackboards are white and the chalk is black, but otherwise, it's pretty much the same classroom that we've had for 300 years. So yes. when does it change? Well, here's my question. If you believe it should change, and it hasn't been changing, where do you suppose the change is going to come from? Why would we not get rid of these teachers who aren't changing it? Well, I've asked, and I'm told that we can't. That well, they yeah, have I mean, wait, wait, wait. You were just we mad about somebody saying we should fire teachers. Exactly. If the teachers aren't changing what the classroom looks like, should we get rid of those teachers? Or should we just keep them because we teachers support need teachers? Jobs. Okay, so here I go again on a not, it doesn't happen very often, and don't tell him because I'm sure he doesn't listen. So you're all sworn to secrecy. Someone that I, I, I agree with about half the time, but when I agree with, I agree all the way, had a blog post this week. And he said, enough is enough. And he said it in his true fashion to where I wouldn't share it with a K-4 classroom. But he said, it, it's time. Why are we still fighting this battle? Why are we still allowing these teachers into our classroom? When do we say, stop with the excuses, let's go, let's move on. And yes, yes, it would be that fair friend from El Paso. When do we 
When do we move past that? How do we move past that? Where are the answers? I just want answers. Where do we get those answers from? Great podcasts like this one and our guest who we haven't let speak for the last 15 He's minutes. He's really quiet that I'm watching him and he hasn't left. <laughs> so, <laughs> unless he's just got something there. I, I have an idea. I actually have an idea for what we do with those teachers. This is what, this is what you do. Promote them and make them principals. <gasps> no. <laughs> because that's what happens when people can't teach. We just move them up to the cushy jobs then. And Did you that's listen why to there's our no podcast change. last week? Because that's exactly what Mark said. That is the exact word, verbiage he used, almost down to the cross T and the dotted I. Just goes to show you that brilliant people think alike. <laughs> and if that so is the, true, the brilliant so would be twin the for this, for those who aren't on our stream and watching, is the fabulous John Samuelson. And I have to tell a story on John that I didn't tell him I was going to tell. Oh, no. So <laughs> for fear he would not come. <laughs> for fear he would not come, precisely. So... I, my, my boss that, you know, obviously I work with on a regular basis, we were discussing speakers for an event that we have coming up this week. And we keep talking about Sammy. And I'm like, at the end of it, I'm like, okay, who are we talking about again? He's like, Sammy, you know, Sammy. And I'm going, Sammy, Sammy. Who is Sammy, Brian? He's like, oh, wait, that's not his name. <laughs> we are so used to conversing with people with their, their Twitter handles and their, you know, what, however we know them socially that we forget people's names. And I went, John, John, oh my God, we're talking about John. So John, you have multiple names in our office. You are both John. And then we have to decide which John you are. And then you're just iPad Sammy. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know when I created that name, you know, that was, I was looking for like a little, brand name and you know i was talking to people at tca this year i just sat down and talked to someone and i was talking to them about twitter and then they're like wait your ipad sammy i'm like yes i am and that had just brand name written all over it i guess so that's right because i'm samuelson so they used to call me sammy throughout my whole life the kids call me sammy too actually sometimes oh, wow. so that's how so it you, came about you teach fourth grade so you're mr sammy is that how they, they run I, that? I go, I can go, well, and I'm, I'm at a new school this year. So, yes, I'm pretty much Mr. Sammy this year. But then pretty much after my fourth year at Barton Creek, they were like, oh, they just would start calling me Sammy. And it, I really, it doesn't bother me. So that's the way I go. I roll like that. You yeah. roll like that. Yeah, you're at Cedar Creek Elementary. And I know yes. where you are because every time you check in with Foursquare, I go, oh, he's here. Why is he here? Because we have a Cedar Creek Elementary. I know. Also. <laughs> and every time you're there, I'm like, where is he? Why didn't he tell me he was coming? Where is he? I get confused easily. It's pretty sad, actually. I know. Well, I, like the, I love the Foursquare. The Foursquare check-ins are uh, a favorite of mine for some reason. I don't know why I like to let people know where I am, but I do. In case, <laughs> I don't know. So, so anyway, tell me yeah. about where you were last week. Where did you just okay. get back from? Okay, so I went to the second mobile learning conference in Phoenix. And so the mobile learning conference is put on by um, Tony Vincent, among other people, who's a, who just I would really like to, I don't know, he's self-employed and he goes around to conferences and talks about the iPad and gets paid huge sums of money. So 
obviously someone that I idolize and wish I could be, but um, it was it was pretty interesting. So um, there's a lady, Kathy Burdick, and that also puts on. And so this was their second one. I went to the first one last year. This was their second one, and this one was they they fixed all the the bugaboos from the first one then and they got they hired a company to come in wireless wasn't a problem at all so you have all these 300 teachers with ipads and multiple devices and they hired this company and they never went through and had a had a problem this year so they they really were working hard to fix the bugs from the first year so Fabulous. Anyway. And yeah. and what did you bring back? Because I couldn't even keep up with some of the tweets coming out of there. They were just, it was coming from everywhere constantly, it seemed. It, the, there were a lot of people. I went and um, here's a good, I've got a good tip for teachers then. So I've, I've actually presented with um, Lisa Johnson for one of my sessions, and she's at Computer Explorer on Twitter. And I think she's thinking about changing it. So <laughs> I don't know how much longer she'll be at Computer Explorer, but she's on there right now. And um, She's just from San Antonio and um, she she finished up and she's been creating an app. And so here's one of my tips for you. If you go to Tech Chef for you and it's all one word and it's the number four. If you go right now in the iTunes store, her app is live and it's free. And then it will also link you to about 600 apps that are also free and you can go ahead and you can break them up by subject, by grade level. She's got a lot of stuff, so that that'll be in the spirit of you have an iPad, but now it's cheap. So there, there you go. But so it's Tech Chef for you. That's the first thing I I brought back. She her app went live right after the concert finished. So if she's so going, if she's at Computer Explorer, I am totally going to register at Internet Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> she said something like she used to work for Computer Explorers or something. Was the re she told me the reason while we were out. And so um, she does. She's trying to get the tech chef for you. She's kind of trying to see. She she sees iPad Sammy, and see she doesn't know my name either. I presented with her, and she kept calling me iPad Sammy. She never called me John. She wrote a blog post about me. She spelled my John wrong because I don't have the H in my name. But as far as that goes, so she just said, I "I'm just going to keep calling you iPad Sammy." And I said, "There you go. That's fine." So anyway, but she's That's she's awesome. really, she's really brilliant, and she's really like kind of like I am. She just likes to. Um, I don't know, do lessons with the iPad, basically. Like, you don't have to be scared. Go in there, find an app that enhances your lesson. You don't necessarily have to have some great app, and it's going to teach the subject for you. you got, you've got your teaks, and then you use the app and do something really cool with it. And that's kind of where we're, we're cut from the same cloth then. So that's what we do. But so that's my first one. So if I can take back anything, the Tech Chef for You app, I'll keep plugging it as long as it is. It's free. She spent a long time making it, and it's got links to free apps. So you can't get any better as a teacher than that, I don't think. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and the other thing Lisa just did, and this is, again, that whole social networking thing where we feel like we know each other in that virtual world. She changed her avatar on Twitter. What she did not do was announce that she was changing her little picture on Twitter. And I'm going, who is this person? And why are they in my stream? Oh, oh, it's Lisa. Hey, Lisa, you have to tell people when you're changing your picture. It's like when you go to meet someone and they've had a facial reconstruction. You just can't do that in the virtual world. I know what well, she did. She changed it to the avatar from her app, actually. So that was that. That's the, what. She, that's what she did. She was just so excited. She really wanted to get her app out there at the conference, 
I, I swear it went live and she got the notice because I was actually beta testing it for her. It went live right as we did our last, like after we finished our last session, like 1230 Pacific time, it went live and we're all in the, like basically the final keynote address. And so she's going to each table and trying to tell people that it's live. So <laughs> it was, it was, you know, she had, she had put it out for a week and was all, that's all she was doing was waiting for it to go live. But I, she's, she's very, she's very smart. We just talked today actually. And um, I think she's going to get funding for ISTE, which will be our, which should be then our next presentation together. We should be doing a poster session at ISTE in San Diego in late June. So that'll be good. Cause she's, she's really, she's really smart. So what kind Are of you things... gonna make the the trip across the country for that, Brian? <laughs> Am I gonna make the trip across the country for ISTE? For ISTE? Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to, but to date, in the last two years, I have been turned down for every single conference that Darn I've requested it. to go to. Oh, really? So, and. I wondered if I started presenting at all of them, if that would be like my ticket to get in. But so far, the answer has been no on everything. Oh. So um, I'm, I'm trying to get any of the conferences that I possibly can via streaming and, and other great uh, resources. My school said, sure, you're welcome to go as long as you pay for the hotel and the travel <laughs> thing. We'll give you the days off. Sure, that's fine. Oh, sure. And, and perhaps that's the case for for right. for me. <laughs> yeah, nobody's saying you can't go, Brian. Yeah, yes, it's a free you can country. take your vacation days, and you can. <laughs> mark yeah, it it's, down. it's season the summer, so you don't have to take any vacation days. I don't think so you'll be okay. I'm twelve month. Oh, so okay. I used to be twelve that, months, so I feel your pain. <laughs> so, um, so what what other things um, did you pick up? in terms of, um, you know, using the iPad in the classroom. And, you know, before the show started, we talked a little bit about that. But um, what kind of tips are you providing for teachers on how to get started with using tablet devices in the classroom? Okay, so um, my situation is we have, I have um, five for my grade level of 90, basically. And they, they put me in charge of them. Um, just because I'm on the tech committee. And so I have five I can pretty much use, plus my own. So I have six that I can use at any time during the class. And I think the the thing that I tried to drive home in my first, I did one presentation by myself. And what I kind of tried to drive home is you just need to take some creativity apps and you really need to just use, start with one and maybe introduce the kids to one a week. And you don't necessarily have to explain the entire app because they'll find out things on their own. You just kind of have to be willing to go out there, go, this is kind of what this does, show them a little sample and then go, okay, so this is what we're going to do. A good one for um, that I used in my session was Skitch. Skitch is made by Evernote. Sketch of unfortunately, one of the things that people pointed out to me afterwards is it's not working on the iPad one right now. So that's kind of a bummer. And then um, it also does, they don't have an iPod touch app yet either. So those are two kind of drawbacks, but if yeah, ha- we have iPad twos, so we can go into sketch and it just lets you annotate different pictures and things and go ahead and like, you can create water cycles and uh, pictures and you can go onto the internet. It's really actually a pretty useful app and it's free. So I was like, that's one that you start with is you start with that one because then 
You can also save the pictures. And if you can save, you know, your annotated pictures, you know, as actual photos in your iPhoto library, then there's a lot of more things you can start to do with it. You can, Animoto now has an app that's, you know, pretty much it's free and you can go ahead and start to make like little videos. A lot of my kids like to make keynotes. Of course, keynotes not free, but it's included on our iPads from our school district. So a lot of the, I have a lot of the kids making keynotes. So if you can just start to get photos kind of there with Skitch and just start with one app and start simple and kind of, it'll, you'll find that the apps will start to build on each other pretty easily. And there's many different apps that we use that go just kind of like, you know, if we have run into a problem, like we're going on the whiteboard app, we can go and put a little sketch together real quick and go through, you know, and just go through and kind of go with the lesson then. Um, but yeah, and then the other one, I guess my other one that I mainly talked about, this is why I don't do my sessions until like way after is um, um, trying to think. Wait, hold on. I've got it right in front of me. You guys are laughing at me now. You guys laughing at me? Let's see. No, I'm, I'm oh, laughing no, at Mark okay. because he's asking good questions like, are there Android apps for this or is that oh. a bad word? Um, trying to look, uh, let's see. Let me go back into my notes real quick. But so there's some of them that we're going through. Oh, and it's, um, I know what it's like. Snap guide. And so there's this new one called snap guide, which kind of goes through and you can make little book step-by-step instructions so the kids can take photos directly from their ipad they can type about 200 characters under it and so what it is is it just kind of is it's almost like for pinterest people if you're like oh i see that quiche lorraine i want a step-by-step guide on how to make it so that's what it actually started out as i think but of course then i see that app and i go that's really a good app i want a step-by-step instructional manual made by my kids on lattice multiplication and how to do it. And so that's what we started to do. And so I did a lot of my presentation just on an app that was basically two weeks old and it's called snap guide that a lot of people didn't know about. So that's, uh, that's kind of, I, I don't know. It was, it was interesting and people seemed to kind of like it then. And we showed how to import sketch apps into that and different things. So I just try and tell people to go start really small and then you never know when something is going to pop up. That's really useful. And I think snap guides, I think it's really useful and it's probably about three weeks old right now. All right. Can I ask a, a salient question? At least I hope it is. Um, this, this is called mobile 2012 conference, right? Mm-hmm. Does mobile mean iPad? I mean, is there anything other than iPad apps? You know, the one that the teachers use the most, it's just pretty much it's you're going iPad basically. I mean, they gave away three iPads at the end of the session. So there are some, I mean, there are, I was having some people show me some Android stuff because I don't really know a lot about the Droid stuff, you know, like the apps or anything. So um, I had some people show me some things, but usually they're just either talking about iPod touch, which you can still use, which is, you know, and then the iPad, which is just a big iPod touch. When I started out three years ago, we had the iPod touch lab. And that's why I think I'm a little bit ahead of the curve with the iPad because I was doing the iPod touches all the time. And I still think the iPod touches should have, they're very useful. And I, I think that my district should consider not buying so many iPads, but maybe going it through and, you know, you can get two and a half iPod touches for the price of one iPad. And, um, but I don't think I saw too many people with other tablet devices out there, really. We had some people kind of rant a little bit about them. And but what about the good old fashioned laptop? That's a mobile device. 
Yeah, we. I mean, we we had some notebook, we had some like Google Chromebook discussions and things like that, but they weren't really going that way. They were really going more for iPads and iPod Touches. That's just that's just the way the conference. It, and it's run by Tony Vincent, and Tony Vincent has been using mobile devices since like the Palm Pilot. So he started a whole Palm Pilot thing. So this is kind of where his interests are, and so I think that they pick more speakers that are going. I think everybody's kind of iPad crazy right now. So I think that that's kind of the way it is. Now, while I could reminisce for a moment on the words Palm Pilot, <laughs> um, I will steer a different direction than Christy with her reminiscing of old things, TV shows and stuff. And I'm going to steer to the direction of I'm yet to see anything that has actually been able to sustain or um, mount a significant, you know, impact in the mobile, um, the mobile education platform. Now I'm also going to, you know, caveat that statement by saying mobile, you know, into, in response to your question, Mark seems to have been defined by things that you can put in your pocket or a really small bag, meaning the iPad is the largest mobile device out there, you know, or some type of tablet like that as the largest mobile device where they're almost viewing even like a 13 inch laptop, which we used to think was ultra portable. They're almost viewing that as, you know, the old traditional desktop machine. It's big and clunky and doesn't have a touch interface. I'm um, not trying to be contentious, honestly. It's just no, uh, no. I, I just think that it's uh, uh, a little frustrating uh, when when people co-opt an entire genre of devices and and call it and mean it. It's one device. Sure. Um, but I'll I'll crawl back in my tight wide corner now and and cower in in fear. No, I, I think it's an interesting observation because it seems to be that mobile is either phone type platforms um, or tablet type platforms. And whether we like it or not, we can, I think, easily agree that in terms of popularity, and I'm not talking pure numbers because worldwide there are more Android numbers than any other, but there's also more Android manufacturers and things like that. But I think in terms of just straight up popularity, the Apple devices are the most popular. Would you agree with that, John? I mean, I, I can see both sides of the story. I remember we were sitting there, and I, I do agree that the Apple, it seems like I've been getting a lot in my feed lately, like one of my little RSS feed where they'll say, like, is Apple, become is the iPad becoming the generic term for tablet device? Mm -hmm. And I've, I've seen a lot of those articles coming through, and it's in interesting. And we did talk about it. We had, um, there's a keynote, um, speaker that I talked to a lot and we went out to dinner it was Eric Marcos and he started mathtrain.tv where kids make their own videos and and he doesn't use the iPad at all but yet he was like a keynote speaker the middle keynote speaker at this conference and he was talking about how he was using the tablet devices five years ago 
on his, you know, for his, for his math train videos, which are pretty popular. And he has like Euro news articles on them and things like that. And I've seen, I've seen the videos with the kids using them and they look great because they've got the little sharp pen where the kids can annotate. He does middle school. And the thing was, he was just going through and he said, he said, I think that they just missed the boat on these. He said, they, they said these tablet devices, these windows tablet devices, they were here first, but they just didn't market them correctly. And the window has just come and gone, but he said they were there and they had it. And then all of a sudden somewhere Apple just took it from him. And you know, he was kind of, he was kind of fired up that the same way, you know, that he couldn't understand that they just kind of mismanaged it. And he thought the window would close, but he had been using the windows tablets for, I think four years ago to use his, to do his math train videos. And he just said, you didn't hear about him as much. And ever since the iPad, now all of a sudden you just hear about it all the time. And that makes it uh, more of an available device than I guess. Sure. Now, how do, you, um, how do you deal with having so few devices? How does that change your teaching then? Because if we can't, you know, whatever the platform is, whatever the device manufacturer is in the classroom, having five, maybe six devices how do you actually implement into that that into the classroom and use it to to change you know the the makeup of a a traditional class and make it new um for us it's pretty easy i mean i i've got a i'm lucky i've got a small class i've got 21 students right now and and which is a far cry from the 37 i used to have when i first started in las vegas but um you know it's not bad because we have the five school they, we usually like to work in pairs, so they're kind of collaborating on their different projects. And so mm -hmm. what my, my ideal would be is to have like 10. So you know what the thing is, I, I'm in an affluent school district. So the thing is, we have a bring your own technology um, policy. And so I've had three students get the new iPad, three, the new iPad, I guess, in the last three weeks or so. So now I have four kids that will bring in their own iPads and we can set it up and they know how to use it. And so really we can pretty much go one iPad for every two students. And when you can get to one iPad for every two students, I think it's pretty effective because that's kind of, you know, I, I don't mind, I don't mind giving it to them if they're working on their own and they finish their work and they're like, I want to work on my slide share on, you know, long division or whatever on showing long division. I can give it to them mm -hmm. for that and they can work on it. But usually if we're doing something, we're like making a video or doing something that will involve two people. And so when you have one for every two people, I think one iPad for every two students, I think you can get some really creative work done. I mean, the people, I don't know. And, and I have a, I'm trying to get my slide share, my slideshow up for my presentation right now. Cause really it's mostly just student work and it's student created videos or like the iMovie truck. I had one girl make an iMovie trailer that was just outstanding with just some old video from like two months ago. And I said, can you make me a trailer real quick for my presentation? And she threw one of those together in iMovie and it, they looked at that and they, they thought it was, I, I thought it was great for just four clips that I took of a, of a electrical circuit experiment, which is all I did really. I just kind of took a little bit of video and then she t took it and made it look into something that, you know, you'd be kind of happy to share with your parents, which is what we try to do. We try and share them with the parents. So, but yeah, that's kind of where we're, I mean, we're at I, the other takeout that I had from that one is that we're kind of an end of the year 
um, project is we're trying to create our apps and they have that, that I create app website where you can build online web apps and then you can put them onto your phone. And so I kind of had the idea that maybe we would try it and do one first and then make it into kind of maybe a digital portfolio or different things. There was a teacher in Atlanta that was doing like reports that were just apps then basically. So we'd do a web app, he could put it onto his iPad and when it was all said and done, it would tell you all about like the civil war battles or whatever. And the students would pick different civil war battles they would go through and make an app for it. So that's kind of what I'm going to try for this last month is just something different like that. And it's all free. Do you find the actual app making is too time consuming in the classroom? If they're actually building their own apps or um, do you find it more useful to actually, you know, use different apps or use web apps or things like that? You, you know, um, I just decided to do the web app thing because that was what I kind of took back. I was I, that's the kind of thing that I liked from that conference. So I thought, okay, it, it looks pretty. It looked pretty simple. They've got a template, and it's so it's not a, like a true app that has to go into the that you have to load coding for or anything. It's pretty much just like a step by step little web application. And then instead of you know instead of going through the app store and all that, all you would do is just save it to save your link to the home screen after you email it and then it would pop up and look like an app so it's kind of like a fake app actually but um i find that um i like the creativity apps a lot and that's what i like to use with them i like to use like explain everything screen chomp those kinds of things and have the kids kind of make their own little tutorial videos and the, the snap guide is great for that too because it's got a little bit less of the video you can put videos in a snap guide though too it can be still pictures or videos or a combination of both so i kind of like the ones where they demonstrate knowledge and i like those apps i don't like stack the states or something like that where you're kind of just you know the rote memorization thing i think that's what a lot of people think they think okay we're going to put you know the kid finishes now you can go play stack the states or stack the countries and when I first started, we used to do that. I mean, that's what we did. I was like, oh, good. They're learning extra stuff. But really, I think there's a place for those, but it's a pretty small place, actually. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move you a little bit from actual, quote-unquote, <laughs> app world. Because you, you do a great job, and I always find myself referencing your resources with something you really introduced me to, and I find myself introducing other people to it, so it's not as widespread as one would hope. But what do you have to tell and share about, and I hope I say it right, about Symbaloo? Okay. Um, I know, which is funny. I just published our one from our presentation about three hours ago. Um, Symbaloo is good because, um, you know, it's just, it's bookmark sharing, I guess, but what it is, is you can, it's very visual. And I think I like that about it then. So you can go ahead and you can share like the buttons that are, it's, it's just like little play buttons then. So the, the way I got the idea was at the ISTE last year, um, a guy does a, a session. He did a session in Philadelphia where he does 60 apps in 60 seconds with brand, with 60 minutes with Brandon Lutz. So I thought, all right, you know what? I'm going to go see this. This sounds way too fast and ADHD for me, but even, but I'll try it, you know? And, um, he had some really good, he had some really good things, but it was hard after the show, after the conference to go through and, and kind of access them. So what I did was I just created his, 
page. I took all of his page and I put them and I took the time and bookmarked them all. And I just tweeted it out a few times and it got enormous response from people. And then so much so that Brandon Lutz, who I never met before, like contacted me and said, Hey, can you put my name on this? Can you do this? And I'm going to present at ISTE next year. Can you make me one before I go? And things like that. So it's just, it just looks like a page of buttons basically, but you can put whatever you want on it. And we've had a lot of times where we've done, um, electricity reports or whatever. And you can, you can actually, and we were just doing a quick one. So we're doing like an Animoto and things like that. And you can link the Animoto pages on there. So like I always have a problem showing the kids work after it's done, but on Symbolo, you can just put little buttons and say, here's Jake's, here's Reed's here's their project and bam, we could show it. We kind of critique it a little bit at a time. And so it, it really works. I don't know what it is for me about the visual bookmarking, but I don't think it's any more than like delicious or Digo used to be, but it's just, it has the visual element. So I like the visual element and we just put ours, we just put ours out. Lisa Johnson and I just put ours out 60 and 60. So, you know, if you follow me, follow iPad Sammy, I'll be tweeting. I'll tweet that one out for, a while now and see if some people like that because people are just kind of, you know, it's hard to do 60 apps in 60 seconds. I mean, in 60 minutes, it's hard to take one minute and talk about the educational content of an app. So anyway, so that's why I kind of give it to them after the conference and they can look at it and browse it when they want to then. So I like Yeah, we're actually looking at at taking Symbaloo and turning it into a, um, like our, our homepage for our elementary. Mm-hmm. Another another big kindergartner, kindergartner. He is a kindergartner, and a future guest, Matt Gomez, is also a big Symbolo user. And I'm looking at um, chatting with him about that because he's got some very fascinating ways to make it very handy, easy to update. And I'm with you. I just love the visual component of it. Yeah, watch out for Matt though. He's he's <laughs> a sh- he's a very shady character. Just so you I'm know. Telling, that. <laughs> I'm telling. I'm telling. Yeah. Well, what is what is the resource there? I'm sorry. What is, what? A, what is the address, and will that way we can include it in the show notes? Oh, um, I, okay. So I did. I mean, I did update the show notes afterwards. It sh- it should be the last link in the show notes that I updated at four o'clock. Let me check really quickly and see. But I think I put my website, and I think I also put that one. It is the second link that I put up there. Oh, right under the mobile 2012 one. So it is up there for you. Excellent. And I, yeah, and that seriously just made public probably right after I typed in the show notes. So right after that, bam, there it was for the world. But I think it's good too because I'm all about, I, I do like sharing things and I think that that's what you got to do. You've got, that's like Matt Gomez, perfect example, like teachers getting together at ed camps, sharing resources, Symbaloo sharing resources. And I think if teachers did that more, maybe we could combat all the, evil bad teachers that have been promoted to principal and district manager and whatever else. Although my principal, I have to say, she's tremendous. I was waiting on that. I oh, was she so is, she is tremendous. That. She is she is so supportive of me. I can't even tell you. She's she's great. She's great. Lisa Lisa Strine at Cedar Creek, I'll give her a big shout out. She's so supportive. She sent me to this conference. Not even not even a question. She just said, okay, you go out and promote the school district. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, we have very much enjoyed having you on tonight, John, a.k.a. iPad Sammy, and appreciate everything that you've given us. If you, do you have anything in closing to share? No, uh, thanks for thanks a lot for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, 
I'm just trying, and my only thing is that you can visit my iPad Sammy website, and if you need staff development for your school district or just for your school, I'm happy to come over. I'm trying to hire myself out now and be a mini Tony Vincent, so that's what I'm trying to do, and I, I've actually gotten, a, I'm going to do some in Arkansas and northern Texas in early August, so I've actually now been hired out, and I've, I've one coming up in Las Vegas, too. So there you but go. you can't talk about that because what happens in Vegas stays. In That's right. I, I would tell you, but I used to be a teacher in Vegas for seven years, and I know that they're they're actually really far behind what's going on, and they they need a lot of help. I mean, they do. They need a lot of help in Las Vegas. Poor guys. But it stays there, so you can't. You never hear about it. <laughs> That's got to be difficult. <laughs> it was a great. To, it was great to be a teacher out there in your twenties when I was. It wasn't the father of almost four children, but now I am. So now I have to sit around in Austin and, you know, just relax and take an easy. This is the only time I can get a quiet moment. Actually. I just tell everybody, you have to leave me alone for 45 minutes while I'm on the computer. <laughs> almost four children. Are you yes, expecting? August, August is, will be our fourth. Yay. And you're four- leaving her to go do training. I am. I know because she knows how important it is to me because that's really what I want to do is I want to, you know, I want to teach and work with kids, but I also want to earn some extra money staff developing because as great as my principal is, our school district isn't as caught up and doesn't really pay us as much as I think they should or any (laughs) school district for that matter has never paid me as much as I thought I deserved. I thought maybe you just didn't like the fourth kid, so you don't talk about him. So yeah, he's no, just we have, he's, he's yet to be unnamed, but so he, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big, like I said, I'm a big Beastie Boy fan. So we're, we're maybe looking at trying to name him something like Ad Rock. So I'm trying to push to my wife, Adam Rockwell Samuelson. But my first child, now this is true, Christy, my first child, Michael Jordan Samuelson. Because I'm from I've Chicago. I've got to talk to your wife. And it, yeah. if, in case anyone couldn't hear it dripping from every word he said, yes, he's from Chicago. Yes, I did say he now works in Texas. I do, yes. <laughs> I, I'm from all over. And I, you know, I've been in Alaska, Las Vegas, and Chicago. So, and now Austin. I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> well, we very much enjoyed having you on to share your knowledge tonight. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So we had to do our, our sign off to John because it, it's rude to say it to him, but we did tell him before the show that we, we did mention it in the opening and it's official against Mark's wishes and kicking and screaming. The tightwad teachers come to an end and we symbolize that by bringing on the iPad, that costly, costly little iPad and a whole 45 minutes about the iPad. So we say goodbye. It's a sad day. But we'll be back next week with all the same people and all our same shenanigans. And for (laughs) once, I've got it right. For those of you that do not know, we record the shows a week in advance. So when you have a very limited intellectual and organizational capacity like I do, and you read the, um, the, the calendar all wrong... You say things like Peggy George is coming on next week when really you mean two weeks in the future. So next week, I promise next week, Peggy George will be with us and she has a fabulous live binder to share. It'll, it'll be great. So she'll be here next week. So we say goodbye to, to John and 
the introduction of things like the iPad to the show. We say goodbye to the tightwad teacher and we say hello to Edgy Matters. And we also say hello to a very large dog that Brian now has on camera. <laughs> yes, yeah, so um, how can people contact us? That would be a great way, right? We can end with that. With the dog? Is that how they're going to contact us? Yes. If you would like to bark at us, you can do so at elementopie.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Christy underscore Vincent, at Bruger, or at Mark Cockrell. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash elementopie, and via phone at 559-I-AM-OPIE. Just don't expect anybody to answer that phone. It's an automated voicemail box, just so you know. But if you leave us a message, I will play it on the air. That's a promise and a threat. You know, my favorite commercial uh, right now is one of those, you know, self-help type commercials or whatever, and it's played on the radio over uh, XM satellite radio. And it says, if you will call us and leave your email on our voicemail. <laughs> and, and my first response was, what? You want me to do what? I mean, A, you know, who phone calls anymore? And B, why would I call you and leave you my email on your voicemail? Why wouldn't I just email you? The same reason makes... you fax someone asking them if they got your email and follow it with a snail mail asking <laughs> if they got your voicemail. Right, Mark? Yes. Or like the old administrator I used to work with who, in, or instead of forwarding me emails, would print them out and put them in my mailbox. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Kill a tree, yes. use some ink. It's a great day. <laughs> totally diminished efficiency of all sorts. And then sometimes you'd ask me if I could copy that over <laughs> to someone else. And I would be like... Um, here, let me, let me educate you a little bit. <laughs> wow. But see, and, right. I thought, and I thought for sure you would have said, shut your face. I was saving that for the dog. Bring the dog back. <laughs> <laughs> I am an animal lover. I will not tell that precious baby, shut your face. But I did tell John, I did tell Brian more than once before the show started. And I will tell you all good night. Have a fabulous week and shut your face. And I will say good night. Because education matters, and you have to get up in the morning. And if you threw a party, you would see the biggest gift would be from me, and the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> <laughs>